0: Respekt. Respeto. Spoštujmo.
1: Respect words. Ifitidimos govoru. Il potere delle
0: Respect for for
1: a, a gyűlölet ellen.
0: Mi Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio.
1: Mass or Ori ethical Equina for Fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. words.
0: I'm delighted to say that I have escaped from the studio and I'm in Drahara for this edition of Respect Words with Joelle Gemini. Joelle, you're welcome to Respect Words and thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. You were here about four years and you came from Soweto. Can you tell us what yeah. that was like, the transition from Soweto to Drahara? Well,
1: obviously in South Africa... Um Like, everything is much bigger due to population and stuff like that. So when I came to Ireland, of course, everything was quite small. And um, it's just, like, and the weather's pretty bad. That's the most thing that shook to me. I'm like, oh, where's the sunshine? No more sunshine anymore. Well, you know, it's something I could deal with.
0: Outside of the weather, did you you have any problem getting into schools or anything like that?
1: School-wise, no, I didn't have any problem, like... The school I, I go to right now just welcomed me as soon as I came, they were like, oh, you can bring her down, there's space in the classroom so she'll um, get on well, so that was okay.
0: And, of course, you came to National Prominence because you were Taoiseach for a day, yeah. and we talk about that in a while, the, the, the time you spent with teacher for Adket, yeah. but you endured some pretty... Awesome experiences as well. Yeah, let's yeah. be honest; it wasn't all footpad and pattern upon sunshine and roses. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Joanne?
1: Well, um, when I came to Ireland, I started experiencing like people t- treating me different due, of of course, to my because I'm black, and I would get random people shouting at me in the streets. Um, one time, a guy spat on my face and called me the N-word. It was really. It was. It, it was. Um, it was eye-opening and really difficult to adjust to in a sense yeah did it frighten you? yeah it did because I wasn't familiar with this whatsoever back at home we never used to have this and I used to go to a multicultural school and we all just treated each other well race never came into question but when I came here I was like treated differently people would look at me differently I walk down the street I'll be shouted at and it's just really weird to be honest
0: and what did you do in relation to that do you mind me asking did you go home and tell your parents did you
1: yeah obviously I would go home and tell my mom and she will she'll always respond like there's nothing really you could do because these are just people who are passing by they don't know anything about you so she'll always tell me that empty tins make a lot of noise so just keep walking and
0: And that's very true and very, uh, and of course, obviously, uh, you know, you just don't engage with people like that. Now, moving along, you 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 were doing work experience. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I'm in CY right now, and I had uh, a really tough time finding work experience, and I came across Unicef, and they're doing this youth activism course and I was like oh they take it as work experience so I applied obviously and they accepted me so I went down and I did the course and I asked the lady if I could do a couple of days in their offices because like we see UNICEF every day but we never know the workings of it
0: and can I just ask you Joel, before you go on to tell us more about that prior to going in did you know much about the workings of UNICEF or what they did
1: well obviously I knew they worked with children predominantly um, child rights and stuff like that I would see like the ads on TV but I didn't know really that much about UNICEF before.
0: And go on and tell us about your experiences in UNICEF.
1: Yeah, so um, the following day I went in and they were doing like basically I was in the communications department and I was like editing their website and doing their social media and sending emails. It was really fun. And then um, the ladies there they were like oh we're running this competition and I was like oh what's the competition about and it was to take a picture and write a paragraph on what um, you would like it to see to change in like Ireland society or what bothers you most in Ireland so I was like you know I'll just write about racism you know because like I came to Ireland and no one really talks about it and it has affected me, and I'm surprised that no one actually, you know, came up and said, "Okay, this is happening one, two, three. two, So I was like, "I might as well take this opportunity and talk about it." Was gonna be the T-shirt if you win the competition, which I did.
0: And yeah, you, you won the competition, obviously, yeah. and you got the title of first class all over the media <laughs> T-shirt for the day. Oh. Tell us about that experience. How did you start? How did you start out? Were you collected, or did you have to make your way to Dublin, or how did it?
1: Well, um, the UNICEF offices are in Dublin, so I was staying there for the week, and um, we had to meet him in this primary school uh, up in the town. So we met him there, and from there on, I just followed him for the rest of the day, basically.
0: And what did you think of the experience? I I
1: thought I thought the experience was really eye opening. To be fair, like. You never get to see a politician, like a really high politician, like T-Shop. Just see him on TV where they're just blasting him. But it's actually really hard. And I realise, like, it's not fun and games. It's really not. It's like you have to do loads of things. You have to go out. You have to come back to the office. You have meetings. You have to go to the doll. It's so crazy. But yeah.
0: And from the experience of that one day, and I know it's very hard to make Mm -hmm. a a judgement, you know, in relation to what you saw one day and I would imagine as well, Joel, to be honest that probably what you got was a, a pretty sanitised version of what happened yeah. but would it encourage you to go on and maybe become involved in, in politics?
1: In politics, well that is, like I forget that question a lot and I'm really not, I'm really not sure like because after school I want to become like a barrister and solicitor I, I'm really interested in law and I think, I feel like later in life I probably will, but at this stage not really. But I don't know, it's really an iffy type of question. But if I do, I do.
0: And I presume that if you were to go ahead and become involved in politics, and we all wish you the the best in your career, and I hope you go on to Mm -hmm. to law school and qualify as a barrister, would racist issues be high in your agenda or would it just make a part of the your whole platform go forward
1: well yeah i i honestly feel like it would be part of my agenda if i ever became a politician because it would be in a sense like um, when i came to ireland you would never see like a black person on tv or as a politician different stuff so it would be a change to be honest I feel like it would be a positive change to see like a, a better and brighter island where multicultural where we're all inclusive and we accept everyone you know
0: and just just to refer, refer back for one second to, mm-hmm. to, to your bad experiences yeah does that still happen or is, is
1: well,
0: uh, any instances of that would say in the last
1: three months six months yeah it does still happen yeah I'll just be walking down like one instance I was waiting for the bus the other day and someone rolled down the window and I was standing with my mom, and they just started shouting at us and we're like
0: here we go again yeah
1: here we go again
0: now you you said there earlier that you're in transition year and you are at the moment rehearsing because it is (laughs) your Easter holidays yeah tell us what you're rehearsing
1: Um, I'm part of the musical I'm in Greece and I'm Rizzo and I'm so excited for it because we've been working so hard on it and I think it's going to be a great production. And you're enjoying it? Absolutely, yeah.
0: Lovely, lovely. Tell me this, Joelle. Um, you're obviously at an age and you're, you're here four years, so you would have been in, as you said, in a multicultural school in South Africa? Yeah. Is there much of a difference between the education system there and the education system here? Or did you slot in seamlessly? Or was there things that you were looking at going, whoa, this is left
1: real to me? Well, in South Africa, um, I feel like everything... I don't know how to put this. I was in primary school back then, and in primary school they kind of acted like it. it was in secondary school, so we had, like, different subjects. You have to go class to class with textbooks and everything. And I found school over there was a bit harder than here. And school here, I feel it's more at ease where you can go at your own pace and they make you understand. Why is in South Africa there's like a huge, like let's say there's 40 children in one class, which will, could be difficult for a teacher to go through everyone and, you know, like make everyone be on the same page. Why is here like the classes are much smaller, the teacher's pay more attention to you in a sense. Yeah.
0: and obviously other than the yabos that you've come across and hopefully that will that will dissipate and disappear completely you really are enjoying it here and of course all than the weather
1: yeah 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 I've met new friends I've met good people like I, I am really enjoying this here yeah
0: Do you think that coming to Ireland, that maybe in the long run that it has given you a huge advantage because it, do you think that maybe it has broadened your horizon and yeah. opened your mind to different things?
1: Yeah, I feel like my the reason why we moved to Ireland is because of that, because of education to give me like better opportunities and, you know, broaden my horizons, obviously, and, you know, um, going into something that I want to do, not just because it pays more money or something like that. It's just, you know...
0: What age you, you know, if you don't mind me asking? I'm
1: 16. You're
0: 16, so yeah. you have what, two years left is it? Or two, two years. Two years left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you seem to be very driven and determined young lady and yeah. you also seem to be pretty definite on going down the, the legal route
1: yeah.
0: when, you, when, you, when you leave school and when you progress on to college. Do you think that you'll be swayed that you're going to stick to that? that you're driven by the the prospect of becoming a solicitor or a barrister.
1: Well, obviously that it would be like my big my it's my big dream to you know go down the legal route. But I always but I always had like a, a flair for a musical theatre. That's why I'm in it. That so I'm honestly, you'll never know what happens in the long run. It's either to be honest in my mind, it's either I'm going to just become an actress or just Go down the
0: road. and the other thing in well, and we just want to talk about this mm-hmm. briefly is is there a visible integration system in the school here that you that you went to or is it there and you didn't even see it like is there a conscious a conscious effort made by teachers and staff in the school to integrate you in or did you just fit in seamlessly without even knowing that it was there maybe?
1: To be honest, like the school I went, I, the school I go to, they were really accepting of me, and they were really happy to have me. So I feel like I wasn't conscious of that whatsoever because I just fit in with everyone, and the teachers were like, "Okay, just continue with class." Another girl is in. It's, it didn't take out the fact that you know I'm from a different country. It just took me as everyone else, like as if I'm Irish. And
0: do you mind me asking, are there many? we we'll say people who were born outside of Ireland are there many other people like that in your class in school yeah, or throughout is. the school
1: yeah there is there's loads of people like that throughout my school
0: and does that make it easier for you then to and I don't want to use the word to. fit in but yeah. you know what I mean to be part of that that, yeah. that, that that circle it makes life much much easier and do you find then that we we'll say Irish born kids are far more accepting of of people who were born outside the state because they're going to school with them and they're mixing with them every yeah. day
1: yeah, I feel so. Yeah, I think so also. So, I, as I said, it wasn't that hard to fit in in school. I have Irish friends. I have, like, friends who weren't born in Ireland. I have all type of types of friends, so I didn't really see, I didn't see, you know, them trying to make an effort or pushing me to do this, so it was really okay. And
0: do you mind me asking you, when you, when you came to Ireland first, later, did you come directly to Droughton or did you go anywhere else first?
1: Um, I came directly to Johada
0: yeah. so you really haven't got the time you spent in Dublin and that with UNICEF mm. you haven't got much experience in other places around Ireland
1: well I have cousins I have cousins in Dublin, I have cousins in Galway I have cousins up the north It's like I have a really big family I have cousins everywhere so I go visit my cousins all the time And oh.
0: just on that on that aspect well, do you find yeah. that they're having the same experiences as you, the pretty seamless mm. integration and other than the odd as I said, you yeah, have no real problems?
1: Yeah, they, yeah, I guess so. They have the same experiences also. But like, um, they're mostly what made me driven to write about my piece on racism because also I have little cousins who experience this. Like my cousins who are 10, 8 and 9 up in Galway, they experience the same thing. And while I was there, I experienced them, those things with them. So I was like, why should why why do i have to everywhere i go why do i have to you know hide myself in a sense just not to be attacked by these people i just find it really unaccepting you know
0: yeah and as i said of course you you can't legislate for stupid
1: exactly
0: just we'll say to wrap up to go back to the piece that you wrote on racism just to Talk, talk us through that. I mean, the amount of thought and, and, and the work you put into it, and the length of the piece, and, and the points that you covered in that piece on racism. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, please? Well,
1: the piece was—it's supposed to be a paragraph long, and I—I I had so many, so much to write about. So I just took a family picture because I feel like they inspired me and their their experiences and my experiences, obviously, to write about the piece. So. I don't know. I I had this passion in me. I just started writing, and obviously I edited and gave it to the ladies of the UNICEF, and I feel like it was a really, in a sense, a really emotional speech also, because I've been bottling all of this for years now, and it's like my time to write it out, and I feel like I delivered on that type of Uh, thing.
0: That's a very interesting thing, because from... A psychological point of view, and I don't want to go too deeply into yeah. this, obviously, but yeah. a lot of times uh, psychologists will say that if there is something burdening you and bothering you and, and eating away at you, that if you can sit down and either talk it out or write it out, mm-hmm. that it does ease and it stops that yeah. eating yeah. It away at you. Did you find that that happened with the piece that you wrote? Well,
1: I found it as a relief after yeah. writing the piece after. Uh, the, the weight on my shoulders is still gone now because I just I find it really relieving, like writing it out and be like, like saying what I want to say finally because I never get I was never given the chance to do it before. You know.
0: Well, that's that's a brilliant thing, like that 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 that, that, that has helped you. And have you been asked as a matter of interest? And it's just something that comes to mind now when we're chatting that you know. You're a fantastic role model, you're an absolutely fantastic role Thank model you. for a start. You're, I would suggest you're probably mentally that little bit more advanced and I would have thought that maybe the likes of UNECEF or even the Department of Education. Has anybody approached you to maybe go into schools? giving minority communities giving talks to minority yeah. communities about your experiences and maybe that by you because you are extremely eloquent yeah. and you are extremely good at delivering your message yeah. that maybe giving those talks might help other communities has that happened yet
1: i'm not really know no that hasn't happened yet but if they really wanted me to do those type of stuff I would be really happy to do those and obviously I feel like the whole thing about the tea shop in me was like happened for a week and people ch- like forgot about it a bit so yeah
0: that, that is something actually that yeah. came to mind uh, when when we were planning this mm-hmm. because like that's sort of where I uh, saw you first and then it seemed to fall off the radar I just, again. I know. Tell me this, Joelle. That time uh, when you were featured for a day, you had a lot of media attention.
1: Yeah.
0: Did that change your life in any way, or was it just something that was there for a while and, like, a flick of a switch, everything went back to normal afterwards? Or did it did it change you, or did it change your life?
1: Well, in a sense, it changed me <coughs> also because people were willing were actually willing to to listen to me and listen on what I have to say and it changed me like not to be afraid to talk out and talk about my experiences and try to change and make the world a better place in a sense and the world I live in and make the world a better place for people I live in as like as the media like for about like a week it happened on a Monday so for about A week and a half, like people are asking me to do interviews and go on the radio and stuff, and different stuff like that. So, but since then it died down a bit. Until until now. Until now, yeah.
0: Joel, listen, thank you so much for joining us on Respect Words and thank you for having us in Drahada. It's been a pleasure. It's a while since I was in the town, (laughs) and uh, again, thank you so much. I wish you well with your play, your musical. (laughs) I wish you well with your education, and I hope you achieve your goals. Thank you so much, Joel.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Honestly. Our pleasure. Respect. Svevo. Respeto. Spostuimo. Respect words. Ithikidimo seografia για την αντιμετώπιση tis ritorikis του νήσου. novinarstvo νονονώναρστο προτισοβράζνε μου Il potere delle parole.
0: Respect vor Worten. Respect vor Menschen gegen Hassreden
1: ott isenet hangيان szólunk riportok interjúk tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen
0: mi becsөлjük
1: a másikat
0: respect la onda local de andalucía contra los discursos de odio
1: master oco every shark the ethical equina counterfuha ethical journalism against hate speech respect words respect words respect words respect
0: words, respect words. words. Supported by the rights, equality, and citizenship.